0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 20 of the Attack in the Championship podcast. My name's Tom Butterfield. I'm your host. And let me welcome our resident guest. He's a certified data analyst, he's a scout, FA licensed coach, and intermediary, David Bromley. How are you, mate? I'm doing well, Tom. Thanks. Yeah. Um, Good stuff.
1: It's, you know, it's that, it's a strange time of year, isn't it? Really. It is. Second week or so of January. i ask people
0: a lot and i say to you know any plans for january and very rarely have people got any plans for january just to get (laughs) through it basically it's literally just get through it
1: well i'm doing the thing that i i'm sure lots of people well you know loads of people are doing this but i am actually trying to get back to a sort of more healthy way of conducting myself good man with, yeah with diet i mean generally speaking I, I think we eat quite a reasonable diet anyway and, mm-hmm. but the the exercise has sort of gone a bit wayward you I know sitting this, in front uh, of a screen and
0: this is a conversation we're going to have to have isn't it i'll mm. put my professional hat on at some point and I'll, yeah. I'll talk you through some of this stuff
1: well i've got this thing where i bought a you you I don't know whether you're familiar with dr michael mosley he's on the tv did, all yeah. the time yep. Yeah. Well, I quite like him and it, mm-hmm. it, I bought this book. it's a really simple little book called just one thing mm-hmm. and it's basically sort of spells out there's about thirty things that you should do when you reach you know a certain age particularly and like mm-hmm. his age that you should do um that will gradually will kind of Im- improve your overall health and and it's not like he's like people say. It's not not the years in your life, it's the life in the years you know so yeah, you want you don't just want to live a long time, but you want to mm-hmm. be kind of fit and, and healthy exactly. and, it, and it, what I like about this book is that it covers these simple things that you can build into your everyday. So mm-hmm. it doesn't say, oh you've got to join a gym and go to the gym four yeah. times a week and spend yeah. an hour. What it's basically doing is little things like talks about your balance and mm-hmm. how when you brush your teeth, if you stand on one leg, you know you're going to be doing something about your balance twice a day for a couple of minutes a day.
0: Absolutely. And you
1: won't even notice that you're doing that. No, that's right. And things like, you know, another silly little thing I do, I drink a lot of tea.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, a lot of tea. So six, seven, eight cups a day or more. And uh-huh. I boil the kettle, I just do squats while it's boiling. Yep. So, again, I don't notice I'm doing that. Mm -hmm. but it's what he calls exercise snacks, so these little kind of things. And there's 30 of these things Mm -hmm. without boring the hell out of everybody. But I reckon I've built in at least half of them, and I don't even realize that I'm doing, you know, because I've done this before and then, you know, life got in the way and and you sort of get out of the habit. But that's the way I kind of like to do things. It's not so much trying to find the best thing you can do. It's trying to find the thing that you will do. Absolutely. A bit like the diet you're going to stick to is the mm-hmm. best diet, you know, not the one that you think is the best diet, but you're no, never going to it. stick to it. Anyway, no. so I'm I'm into all that, and I'm on
0: day three. <laughs> Good man. <laughs> and I'm feeling you, pretty smug about it. <laughs> the interesting thing that you said there is, I, I say that to a lot of my clients, is we, we try and anchor new habits to old ones and to ones that are absolutely ingrained, 100%. So oh, right. if you drink a lot of tea, then that's that's a window you you're, you're going to pull the kettle it takes a couple of minutes to do something there as yeah. soon as you press the the switch down the kettle that's when you initiate this new habit as soon as you turn the the toothbrush on or as soon as you start brushing that's when you anchor your new habit onto that so you're yeah. you're always fixing it onto something you always do all the time so it's um, yeah. yeah it's good and you don't notice it do you no. and i no, you my fig-
1: my the way i figure it if you can get i mean if you could do all 30 brilliant if you could get 20 of them built mm-hmm. in so you didn't yeah. notice it they're mm-hmm. all kind of acting on each other aren't they exactly you know so it's not just that you're getting the benefit from that thing mm-hmm. but as you get a bit fitter and you get a bit more supple and you get this and you get that they're all helping everything else exactly. so I, I reckon
0: it's a really good and that thing. Com- and that compounds over time as well you know yeah. people talk about oh you know as i get older i'm going to get more unhealthy well if you do things that don't help your health yes you'll get unhealthier over time if you consistently do things that help your health over time you'll actually get healthier and fitter and or maintain at a level when everyone else is going down you're at least staying the same so uh, no it's it's good it's it's a good a good way of looking at it it's that's how i i tend to sort of coach my my clients with it as well Well, i'm glad you approve so that's january for you that's my answer to ours. january (laughs) there's that book (laughs) that we'll put on yeah. We'll put a link to the book in the description, I think, now. Yeah. We've yeah. heard it so much. Absolutely. Well, thanks for tuning in, but no, no we'll uh... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. what else, apart from health advice, David, what else you got yeah. for us today? Oh, you know, I've well, so, right, well, I thought
1: this week, obviously, we're in the transfer window, and the rumours are coming thick and fast, and some actual, you know, transactions have been conducted. So I, I think if we... What I thought we'd try and do is to take a close look at, to begin with, three players who are making the news this week, and then it's going to lead us into other a couple of other players that we're going, we'll consider that are sort of indirectly related to these, these three newsworthy, somewhat semi-newsworthy events. So mm-hmm. those the three players are Joe Benningham at Sunderland, who's rumoured to be of interest to Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Um, our old friend Crescencio Somerville at Leeds, mm-hmm. who is rumoured to be of interest to Liverpool. Interesting. And Finezaz, who we know has now moved from, well, really Aston Villa to Middlesbrough but via Plymouth, where he yeah. was on loan. So they're the three players. And then it's going to lead us to look at another couple of players, which we can sort of touch on um later on but i thought what we would do tom and i know you and i have talked about this before is to to use a technique that and i'm going to try not to make this as dry and technical and sort of you know as as well as dry and technical as it as it might <laughs> otherwise be um but what we're going to do is we're going to use um what's called a dimensionality reduction technique to compare percent. the, yeah, to compare <laughs> the players' playing styles, and to try and identify similar players. Now, what we're going to try and do is we're going to say, if you're a club that is has lost a player or is perhaps in danger of losing a player, like we've just talked about. So, if you're, um, yeah, if you're if you're Sunderland and people are talking about Bellingham and you're thinking, well, uh, you know, if somebody comes in for him, what are we going to do? Or are your Leeds and 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 there's interest in Somerville, you need to be thinking about what you're going to do. Because these players, the reason that, obviously, they might be of interest is because they're doing well. And they'll be central to, you know, your efforts. And if you're a team like Plymouth, for example, who has lost a player like as you're going to obviously need to be working on a replacement or you would have hopefully been previously working on that. So what we're going to try and do is look at these three players and we're just going to highlight this technique where rather than just looking at the difficulty is when you just look at columns and rows of of numbers, you know, you can, you can learn a lot from that, but some people are comfortable doing it, but most of us, you know, it's a bit kind of, it's awkward, especially when you've got lots of different dimensions. So you're looking at a, what I mean by dimensions in this context is you're looking at a player, and you're looking at his passing, his his chance creation, his goal scoring, his movement, you know the runs he makes, um, whether he can take on the defender, or how good he is in the air. All sorts of different dimensions, and we've mentioned this before that in the um, recruitment model, we've got 24 dimensions that describe how a player, what the player's playing style and what his performance is. When you're trying to say, what kind of a player is this player? It's very difficult when you're looking at loads of numbers and they're describing different things. So there's a technique that we're going to employ. And what it does is it tries to it tries to enable you to look at a visual representation in this case of footballers, but it can be applied to, you know, all sorts of different things. And you can look at this visually on a chart and say, ah, I can see where these players land on this chart. And we can determine some things about those players from just what we could see. And I think most people are more comfortable doing that than they are trying to pull together different figures from different, you know, the different columns and rows, you know, say for in a spreadsheet, for example. So what we're going to try and do, and I hope hope it doesn't sound like it's going to be too, you know, awkward, too, too dry, because I don't think it is actually. And obviously anybody watching this, if you're watching, going to watch this on YouTube, you'll be able to follow along with what we, what we're pointing out. And as you rightly said last week, Tom, you know, if you're driving in your car, <laughs> What was
0: it you said? (laughs) Uh, We're looking at the, uh, you want to pay special attention to the number in the red column uh, next to the blue one. and uh, That should help with the podcast uh, listeners. (laughs) But I hope, you know, and I I think, joking apart, I think hopefully
1: we can still make this sort of come off the page. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're obviously a fan of the club, of the players that we're talking about, then I think it will come alive a bit more for you because you'll know And hopefully you'll agree somewhat with what we're talking about. So basically, we're going to take a look at these three players and we're going to say, if we were their club Mm. and we were looking at, you know, right, first thing you want to do is you want to really try to establish what is this player? You know, what is his style? Because if you're going to try and replace somebody, you want to know what they are. And it sounds obvious. But it isn't necessarily. No.
0: Do Um, you know what? I'm just going to pause you there. It's really interesting you say that because going back to the health thing again, <laughs> okay, yeah. when I'm dealing with my clients, everyone wants to go somewhere. They want to get somewhere, but very often they don't really understand where they are right now. So like you're saying, if a club is looking to buy a new player, they might want to buy this player. They want to might, might want to buy that player, but do they actually know what sort of player they've got in the first place or what type of player that they're replacing. So it's knowing the the, the current location, isn't it, of, of the player, knowing what they are. Absolutely. And then from that, you can then say, well, we know what we've got. Do we want one of those or do we want something completely different to that? And if we do, yeah. then that's okay. Yeah. But I I think this this um, sort of graphic that, that you are put together with this technique, which I can't remember the name of <laughs> –
1: well, it's called principal component analysis, and okay. I'm not look. I'm not a mathematician. Uh-huh. Um, it's relatively complex if you want to get into the, you know, the real kind of nuts and bolts of the technique. Mm. But that's not what I'm going to recommend. We talk about so it's, it's you can... so
0: the the graphic is so good because it, as you said, you know, with all the numbers in in columns and rows and everything, mm. you just glaze glaze over because you wouldn't yeah. know. It would be so overwhelming the amount of data there, but yeah. with this graphic, it's literally one page, one picture, um, yeah. and it's it's like there's our player, and yeah. then you can you can sort of extrapolate from from there, can't you? So it's, yeah. um, it's well I said pretty good. I
1: said it's a dimensionality reduction technique, and what that basically mm-hmm. means, what we're really doing is we're trading off some of the information that is contained in the data. I mean, mm-hmm. As you know, there's half a million players, and you can get more than 100 pieces of on-ball data about every player for every match. So we're talking about millions and millions of data points. What we're going to do is we're going to trade some of that information for a more a, a clearer way of being able to look at players. So it's a trade-off. Now, I think this is a trade-off worth making, and that's what this technique does. It says, look um I'm gonna have to give you something slightly less detailed than you could get if you want to look at all the numbers Mm -hmm. but you're never going to make sense of a chart with 24 different dimensions you know you can have an x-axis and a y-axis on the chart we're all familiar with that and you can Mm -hmm. put a dot or a cross or something where they intersect and you can then you know understand what you've got you can say well okay as as people get taller they they weigh more I can see there's a relationship there by looking at this chart. I've got the weight on one axis and the height on the other one. Mm -hmm. I can see where they interact, and I can see there's a relationship. You could even add a third dimension by perhaps changing the size of the the dot or the cross Mm -hmm. to represent the magnitude. So you could maybe say, well, we haven't only got height and weight, but we've also got shoe size. And then you could make the dot represent the size of shoe. And mm. then you could see on the chart, well, does it look like there's a relationship between these three things? Beyond three, I don't know where you go.
2: Mm.
1: You know, you might be able to do four. I've seen it tried with 3D charts and all that. Very complicated. You mm. definitely can't do five. And beyond that, absolutely no chance because <laughs> we, we can't take the information in. No. So the point about this is if we have got more dimensions, you know, if we want to look at the speed uh, over a short distance, and we want to look at quality of delivery, and we want to look at goal threat, and we want to look at aerial strengths, for example, and we want to look at another couple of things. Then we just can't do it with any kind of regular chart that we might come up with. So this is going to be a way of doing that. So really, it's we're going to try and keep it, you know, at that level rather than start talking about, this, you know, the the details of exactly how you do it because that's not really a greatly of, of interest unless you're a mathematician.
0: No, it's quite um, difficult for me to um, try and describe the size of a dot on a podcast as well, isn't it? So we, well, we're, it is we're, difficult. It's difficult. Well, I know you'll give Slightly it a try, bigger Tom, dot. Slightly like bigger you have dot. done
1: before. <laughs> that's right, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I think we'll, we'll find this interesting. But let's yeah, – let, so shall we just dive into
0: – Yeah, go for
1: it. The, the first – so Joe Bellingham at Sunderland's the first – um example exemplar you might call them Mm -hmm. in this case because he's not he's not actually going anywhere as far as we know Mm it's not not it's not a done deal yeah and i know we're recording this who knows it might be a done deal before (laughs) but it's not a done deal at the moment but there's a rumor about about this got joe bellingham
2: Mm
1: -hmm. okay now there's what we're going to look at first is again i'm not going to get into this heavily but the first thing that you're presented with Mm-hmm. Um, when you use this technique is um a sort of a, a, a plot which shows on this particular plot, what I did is I went and got his performance data mm-hmm. and I looked at the things that Joe Bellingham was especially good at or the things that he tended to do that, that described his style best.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And of the 24 key performance indicators that we use, There were six, in his case, that best described his strengths. And those six were goal threat, timing of runs, quick feet, speed over short distance, good positioning, and aerial strength. So what I've done is I've gone out into the market. I've found 250 players. If you've listened to this pod before, you'll understand why we do this. We always try to find a sample of players that are somewhat similar to the player that we're going to consider. So these are all central midfielders like Joe Bellingham and they're of a certain age. Um, and we've got, I've got all the information, but there are, they are sort of young players. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
1: because the idea is if Sunderland were to lose him, I think they would be looking to try and bring in a young player. They could bring on like, you know, clubs tend to want to do all the time now. Sure. Um, so they've tended to be young players. They've, they've been the same position. They have to have played a certain number of minutes this season, so that you know we've got a reasonable amount of data. Oh, there's a there's a notional value as well because we don't want to be bringing players into our consideration that might be, you know, fifty million pounds. Sure, yeah, you know, because it wouldn't re- be very very realistic if you were Sunderland thinking about what do we do now. So they've all got a they've all these players have got a certain profile and. What we've done is we've put them into our model and said, right, well, let's see how Joe Bellingham squares up against this sample in these different key performance indicators. And those six that I read out were the ones that he was the strongest in. So that describes his style the best way we can. What what we're looking at on this chart, by the way, is is a circular chart, and it's just got each of these key performance indicators, aerial strength, good positioning, um, et cetera as what are called vectors on the chart, which are just lines emanating from the centre of the circle and going outwards. What this is really explaining is the further from the centre of the circle it goes, the better it describes that particular indicator. So, you know, aerial strength is on there, but it doesn't go as far as something like, say, timing of runs. Mm -hmm. So you can pay more attention to the ones that go furthest, although these are not bad. It's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. The next the next they're all, thing
0: they're all quite sort of they're, they're relatively all quite, close to the edge, aren't they?
1: Yes, they are. Now, the next thing that you can determine from this is that if if the angle between one of these key performance indicators and another is a right angle, like for example, aerial strength and goal threat mm-hmm. is a right angle, that means there's no Correlation—they're not correlated in any way. So okay. it doesn't mean that you know the ones that are stronger in the air seem to be a, more of a goal threat or vice versa. There's no mm-hmm. relationship. So good positioning and goal threat; those so aerial strength and good pos- positioning—you'll notice are somewhat similar, and the angle between mm-hmm. them is very small. Yeah, and that means they're they are correlated. Interesting. Okay? so anything where the angle between the um, the vectors is is small means Mm -hmm. these are correlated anything where it's a right angle means they're not if we'd got something and we don't have anything in this case where it was over opposite so we found that timing of runs for example was completely the opposite side of the circle to Mm i
2: don't
1: know um i don't know ball control for example
2: Mm -hmm. right yeah
1: if it was completely the opposite it would mean that there is a correlation. There is a relation, and it's quite strong, but it's an inverse correlation. So, okay. as one gets better, the other one gets worse.
0: Right.
1: So we can t- actually tell quite a bit just by looking at that, and that's the sort of precursor to the more interesting mm. stuff. But I wanted to just go over it because it's starting to say something to you. You know, yeah. you can start to learn something from it. Yeah. So I mean, anyway,
0: you can certainly say. It's interesting you say your aerial strength and good positioning seem to be uh, correlated with each other, as do – he's sort of got two two bunches of of values there, isn't he? He's got quick feet, timing of runs, and goal threat. They're yeah. all very close to each other as well. So that's that's interesting.
1: Yeah, that's right. And then something like speed over short distance is right in between the two clusters, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So it's it's not heavily correlated. It's not completely uncorrelated with either, but it's mm-hmm. not completely co- correlated you know so it's in between the two so Mm, i just wanted to run over that that thing just so we kind of Mm -hmm. covered it but so what we can do next is we can move on to the first of two well these are these are called scatter plots if you you might be familiar with these things Mm -hmm. and it shows these same vectors on the scatter plot in the same positions as they were before and I have got two hundred and fifty, or I think in it's close to two hundred and fifty. Sometimes it's two hundred and thirty, depending on um the group, you know, the, the particular case we're looking at. But there's about two hundred and fifty players on this plot and they're colored. Each dot on this plot is colored according to the continent that the player comes from.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So
1: there's rather a lot of these, and it does make it look a little bit sort of jazzy, it I looks suppose. It's
0: a bit like a Jackson Pollock.
1: Uh, yeah, it sure doesn't <laughs> does yeah you're right. <laughs> but if you, the first thing you can tell is anybody from the UK and Ireland, any player from the UK and Ireland is in in pink and stands out. Mm-hmm. So and then you can go through we've got southern Europe, South South and Central America, Northern Europe, northern North America and Canada, Middle East, Eastern Europe, Central Europe, Central America, Asia, Africa. So they're all kind of represented in there. And actually, one of the things that I thought was quite interesting is on the chart, before we look at the players who are all on this chart, each of these continents is spelled out as well. And it's the midpoint of all the players within that continent. So it's quite interesting to see yeah. that that the UK and, and Ireland, in this particular case, is similar to Northern Europe. Yeah close to in the bottom right so what we're looking at now is this scatter plot is is split into four squares they're not the same size but the bottom right hand square is the square that is related to the quick feet timing of runs and goal threats most mm-hmm. closely the the one above it the top right hand is related to speed over short distance aerial strength and good positioning so the players that exist in each of those squares are kind of stronger in those particular disciplines hmm. and you can see that you know continental and sen- Central Europe is in the square top right hand corner so that's more the sort of aerial strength good positioning speed over short distance yeah um continental Africa the African continent is represented by the top left hand side which is actually pretty much the opposite yeah. of the goal threat timing and runs and quick feet now you have to be careful with this because you've got 250 players, so each of the continents might only have – some of them might only have half a dozen players. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be a little bit conscious that, you know, the sample is not massive, but it, at least it does show that there seems to be, on the face of it, a difference between the styles of players that come from different continents. Yeah. And you could That's prove that more. You could – by using more data and fewer – perhaps fewer – Continents. you could sort of see if you could dig in and prove that some more. But I just thought sort I'd of mention it because it's something that you can sort of... So already you can see that by looking at this chart, we can, we're can we learning stuff that would have been very difficult to learn by looking at just columns and, and rows of data. Absolutely. And then if you look at um, the players, so these these players are... The first thing to say is two players who are close to each other are more similar to each other so the first thing is if you look at a little cluster of players um and there might be a 10 or a dozen players there within a fairly small area you can draw a circle around them as we're going to in a minute and say these are somewhat similar players and then you can take a player like you know we've got a player here um i mean there's a player i don't know who you want to take there's a player yankovic who is firmly in the bottom right-hand section.
2: Mm. And then
1: if you go right the way across to the opposite side and you've got a player like Maloney is the opposite. Mm. So you would say those two players are very different to each other in their styles.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, So you can start to kind of pick up some – and I'm sure people will be ahead of me here, but what we're trying to do is to look for these clusters of players and find yeah. our player and then say, right, who is around our player? And that will give us a clue as to perhaps some of the players that we should be starting to look at.
0: It's um, interesting to have those players because most of the players are sort of together, aren't they? And then we sort of start to come out towards uh, some of the edges, especially on the the sort of, right hand top side and the, and the and below uh, so sorry right hand uh, upper quadrant and the yeah. lower right quadrant yeah. you got two players that are way out on their own there yeah Janino like and is that grunbeck
1: yeah it looks like grunbeck i don't know yeah. the player but yeah yeah
0: yeah so that, i mean that that's quite interesting just in, its, it is. just in itself to say i wonder what makes them so different to everyone else that they are literally just like two islands in the middle of the ocean, aren't they? You know, you've got well, everyone else is kind of in contact with someone. Yeah, but those two aren't. They're miles away. They're from outliers, the world. aren't they? Yeah.
1: And again, you know, if you start to look at things like this, you it, it encourages you to try and do this kind of research that would be very difficult to, you know, to just to drop into by just looking mm-hmm. at numbers.
2: Oh, but absolutely. Where this
1: came from? A few years ago, while I, I was developing this um, recruitment um system mm. and i wanted to sort of test this process and i looked at the championship players and this mm. is going back a few years and i took a, i took all of the championship players who had actually who had played who could be considered to be their first choice for their team in their position mm. so that that represented about the 250 players over the season and I put them all into a sample and i produced one of these plots from them and i knew their positions because that was part of the data that we had and i didn't do anything with the data other than conduct this process and produce the chart and i found that all the defenders were clustered together and all Hmm. the so all the central defenders all the fullbacks all the wingers all the strikers, all the midfield, defensive midfielders, attacking midfielders, they all, nearly all, clustered together and I coloured them differently. You could easily see. And that was what persuaded me that, well, look, this is telling me something worth knowing because nobody told it who these – so there was no help to say, well, he's a midfielder, he's a defensive midfielder. It was just using their output from their performance data and plotting it on a chart and saying – does that tell us anything that we think is not random? That is, you know, worth yeah. knowing about the play. So that's how it sort of got started. Um, and as you say, there were some outliers, and it was interesting to pick on the outlier and look at them and say, why are they? Why are they so far away from everybody else? Mm-hmm. And you could always figure out when you looked at it why it was, hmm. but you never would have been able to start from the you know thinking well who do I think is a player that's not like the other players, but yes. he's, you know, yes. so once you can see it, it, it gets you where you want to be. So the whole point of this um, job, Tom, is what we're trying to do is, and we've said this before, look, we don't believe that the num- the data can give you all the answers you need in order to make a decision. But what it, what it can do, we think that, you need human expertise. You need mm-hmm. people with an understanding of the game and with good judgment and so on. But those people can be helped. Now that this market is massive for potential players, Where you need somewhere to start, don't you? Yeah, So absolutely. if you're going to look for a player of a certain style, you need something that's going to say, well, don't give me 20,000 because I don't know <laughs> what to do with 20,000 players. <laughs> you know, give me 20. And now I can start the process, you know, I'm not going to go and watch 20 players, but I can at least start the process and start looking at some video and start whittling them down and so on. So this is the sort of, this is just part of that process. So anyway. So, oh, good stuff. so this is now you can see we're looking at Joe, Joe Bellingham and you can mm-hmm. see where Joe Bellingham is on this chart. And if we go to the next chart, I've zoomed in. It's the same chart but i've zoomed in here mm-hmm. so we're just i've drawn a great big circle where joe bellingham's dot is right in the center of the circle and you can say from that well on that basis that circle can probably contains about i would guess dozen not maybe mm. be, maybe 12 to 15 players yeah And those players who are the closest to Joe Bellingham's dot are the closest in style, according to the data, to him. Interesting. And that leads us to further this list, which we're going to end up looking at for each of these players, the top 20 most similar players to Joe Bellingham. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, Joe Bellingham is 100% like Joe Bellingham. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it just lists them out in order of, you know, the most similar according to the data. Uh, notice That's that really good. Will like Smallbone happens to be the second. that Smallbone at Southampton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good player. Um, and there's a few players on this list of 20 that, you know, we'll have heard of. And there's a few that I'm sure we won't really. Because um, mm. we're drawing from, again, you know, we're deliberately trying to draw from this very, very diverse pool of players. Now, what we can do, of course, is we can make the sample a bit more targeted if we want to at some point. And you might say, well, we'd start here, but we we then want to try and pick out, you know, somebody might say, no, no, we just want... Um, this age range i think i've got 18 to 24 in this this sample okay. and i've got players of you know certain played certain number of minutes you can change all of that and your sample just changes so if you don't want to go out as wide as this you don't have to but i just thought it was a good illustration of this mm. so we got players you know i don't know uh, the, the, the point about this is you know i I don't make any apologies for not knowing a lot of these players because Mm -hmm. I think I said this before. In my opinion, the process, the demands on the recruitment process have changed. It's not about the players you know anymore. It's about how you can navigate your way around an unwieldy and almost an impossible sort of universe of players that you would need to know about if you wanted to try and do it in the conventional
0: way. So that's that's the thing, because you can bet if you know about them, everyone knows about them. Well, that's the other point. Yeah, that's a good point. And and how are you supposed to gain an edge? Because then it just comes down to who's gonna offer them the most money. Yeah. And you and you might not have that in your budget. So we're we're looking at ways that they can out uh you know, outpunch your your budget and you know, and really look to um get players in who I mean we've we've got prices here for players. Joe Bellingham is on there as a notional value of 3 million euros. Yeah. Which and is... you've got other players. Uh, you've got Montu there from Rau- uh Valladolid at 5 million euros. Yeah. But you've also got all the way down to there's Aqua from Helsingborg at, at 600,000 euros. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and Torp at Sarpsborg 08. Never even heard of them. It sounds like a beer, <laughs> doesn't it? Danish. <laughs> yeah. For, for 500,000. <laughs> so it's. Yeah. Like a huge,
1: huge range. The numbers but, on this, i have just butt in again on this, is that yeah, we've, drawn, we've drawn these this sample from um, really the only place where we could get some notional market values. I would say these values are on the low side of right. reality, which is mm-hmm. why when I pulled them out, I went quite a way up because I don't think actually... Uh, I think I went up to maybe 10 million. I can't remember, but I don't think mm. Sunderland would probably be looking to spend that. Um, oh,
0: they'll be looking, but, <laughs> they'll sorry, be looking to get it. They'll be
1: looking to get it for Jobe, so, wouldn't they? So, so yeah. so yeah, so I think they would. Absolutely. They would. So the 3 million for Jobe isn't anywhere near what they would mm. take for him, but equally these other players is a bit lagging. That's the truth sure. of it. But, you know, it's hard to get any kind of feel wait, to do this job we're just trying to separate the wheat from the chaff. There's a way of producing a more kind of realistic value for a player, but that comes later in the process. What we're trying trying to do here is just trying to say, well, don't give me 20,000 players, just give me some that I can work with. But you've got players, as you say, you've got players like Vettelsen from Club Bruges, Aqua from Helsingborg, Esquivel from Lanus in Argentina. Sep- Sepulveda from Bol- Well, Chile. Is he from Chile?
2: Krastev yeah. uh, yep, yep, from, yep.
1: from, from LA. is yes, Bulgarian. Javi Martinez from Huesca. Tillman um, from Los Angeles. Monchu from... They are... They are... They are They are I can't oh, wait God. till you get down to number 15. Uh, I'm, I'm just waiting for I'm that. I'm going to let you do that talk. <laughs> Nebel. Breivik. You know, players really, most of them I don't know, if I'm oh, honest.
2: You've got to number, have a go rock, at number
1: 50, fifteen. Oh no. Yeah. Oh god. I'm not even gonna try it, mate. <laughs> you you have to do that one.
0: <laughs> I've been sitting here rehearsing it in my head, just in case you ask me. Uh lidanov from well Locomotive Tashkent in Uzbekistan. Yeah. He's having a decent season. Nine goals. Nine yeah, goals. Twenty one years, year years old.
1: Twenty-one years old. Yeah. Am I reading that
0: right?
1: Nine goals from an XG Uh, of two. That looks a bit strange. I mean, I don't. Yeah, well, I think I think you might be, but anyway. I mean, that's
2: outlandish,
1: isn't it? If that's the case, but he might be on pens. Well, no, but pens would be an high XG. I don't know if that's if that for the purposes of this job. Not sure how. hmm. Yeah, does look a bit unlikely, but. What you'd be doing here really is just looking at the names and looking, and then saying, "Well, look, if these are the most, if we're looking, okay." So to, to wind back a bit, mm-hmm. if we're saying Joe Bellingham is a player we want to precisely replace, mm-hmm. we don't want anything he can't do, and yeah. we don't think that, um, but we want everything he can do. Yeah. So we're looking for a, purely for a replacement, um, then. According to the way, and this is the other thing, of course, according to the way that we've um categorized the performance metrics, it mm-hmm. gets so I don't want to get too kind of technical over it, but somehow or other you've got to go you you've got to look at 120 different performance metrics and say which ones describe a player who has good delivery, which ones describe a player who is, you know, got good positioning or can running behind and so on. so and that's all somewhat subjective you know different people might have different but you've got to have a way of trying to make sense of it but on the basis that it makes sense to you then these would be players that would be similar yeah so yeah. and it would definitely be much better than i can't think of another way of doing this that would be a better way of doing it frankly but um so i guess i would say that
0: <laughs> i i just i just love I love the fact that we've got guys in here who will not be mentioned, I'm sure, by anyone on any championship podcast ever, potentially, no. uh, the no. likes of uh, number 15. I forget his name again. What's his name? <laughs> yeah, Jaladidinov. I'll, I'll, yeah, that's the
1: one. I'll I'll you just, I'll, that I'll, one. I'll, you, you beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: a, a Breivik, Mira, a Breivik from Molda, Mira from Brand. You know all these yeah. guys that if if you sat down in in the pub and said you know if we lose Job, who are we going to get who are we going to yeah. get to come in you know who's who's going to be similar to him you'd have yeah. no idea no. you'd have absolutely no idea but just this list here these 20 players you can just go boom, 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 boom. you know from yeah. what we know about joe bellingham these yeah. guys are a really good place to start For us to then go through the process that we've talked about before uh, in our in our recruitment process, and just go from there, and you may well strike eighteen of these off the list. Yes, Um, you know within within the first twenty minutes of you know not even sending someone to see them, just looking at the technical stuff on on their highlights and what have you. But you might get one or two that could well be an absolute goldmine. Well, that is
1: the point, isn't it? Yeah. Cause how else are you gonna if 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 somebody gives you the list of players and says, Well, look, they're all in there,
2: mm-hmm. but
1: how are you gonna filter out? Cause you have got genuinely, well, you've got 20,000, 25,000 players per position. Exactly. You know, so yeah, okay, you'll be able to filter some of them out on the basis that they haven't played much football or they're only seventeen and you're looking for a player who's a bit more mature, or they're thirty-two <laughs> and you don't want somebody you know, isn't going to be an investment. You'll be able to filter some of them out on that, but you're not going to know what. which order should I start looking at these players in, are you? No. So this is all we're trying to do at this point. We're trying to sort of throw a blanket over a group of players that are, where our players in the centre and say anyone who falls under that blanket might be somewhat similar to to them. Absolutely. Um, so that's Joe Bellingham. Fantastic. So we move on and we're looking now at Somerville at Leeds, you know, rumours that, what was it, I think I saw Liverpool might be able to get him for 30 million, but if they don't sign him wow. in this window, he's going to be much more than that. And, you know, who knows? Yeah. But And we know Liverpool quite like a young player and they are not averse to bringing somebody out of the champ. So, yeah. you know, and so let's be honest, Somerville's just been out of his skin. He,
0: he looks ready to play the level up doesn't he I know it's a yeah. big jump up but yeah, with a guy at his age with his ability with his production yeah. you wouldn't bet against him would you
1: no so again we're looking at just quickly before we look at the, the players again we're just having a look at this <laughs> circular plot again where we say look here are our vectors from our circle there's a few more well, I, what the first thing I do is I look at the strength I look at The the indicators where these players are the strongest, and to be honest, Somerville comes number one for about eight different. No surprise, is it? So you know, if you're pulling them all out, a lot some of them are the similar similar ones. Good positioning was on the same one as before, but of course Somerville's a different position. So you know, he's a he's a wide player. Um, probably overall more of an attacking player than Bellingham So we, it's it's natural that we would expect to see Some different um, areas of strength um, Agility is in there Which we don't think we had before um, Running in behind I don't think we had that nope. before
2: nope. Um,
1: Link, up, link play. up play Creation of space Those things So it's, again, a lot of them are very correlated with each other hmm. So if you're going to be good at one thing You'll be good at another thing yeah. Some of them are not correlated at all. The good positioning and all that is not really correlated mm-hmm. with it. So again, it's the same old story. You know, the further out, the more probably the more confident you can be. Yeah. But but most we can see that, you know, they're the things that this sample has been ranked in in accordance with. So we move down to the the scatter plot, the first of the two. And, you know, you can see him on there again. I mean, the sa- it's the same idea, really, that you've mm. got the different continents. Um, they're dotted around a bit. And, you know, the first thing you need to do is find your player, which is Somerville's over here mm. in the... In kind yeah. of like an, a bit of an outlier, really. Like, you yeah. not completely... Yeah. Looked, but he is on the on the edge, isn't he?
0: Certainly is, yeah.
1: Not far away from Mavadidi, by the look of it.
0: No, no. Um,
2: no.
1: So the names don't exactly line up with the dots just because of the way that the software can't, you know, it's, uh-huh. there's too many names and too many dots. But you can see which one relates to which. But the dot, Mavadidi's score is here where the dot is. Mm-hmm. Somerville's is here. Noosa, N-U-S-A, is there close to Somerville. And we'd expect to see these players in our list of, you know, similar. Absolutely. Similar players, um, which, again, you zoom in. Mm-hmm. There aren't so many in such a small area because I mean, Somerville is such a standout player. I think in his in his I was position. Just about this, to yeah. say
0: the same thing is you wouldn't necessarily have a lot of confidence if you said, "Oh, here's, here's twenty five players just like Somerville." You'd mm. say, "I can't I can't believe that there's twenty five players just like Somerville because he's no. been that good." But no. to get those three, and we know we know Mavadidi's very talented. Um, mm. I don't know Noosa. No. Well,
1: here's the oh, list. We just moved down to look at the list here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So Noosa is the closest to Somerville. Wow. Again at Bruges again.
0: 18 years old as well.
1: Yeah. So um might be struggling to get hold of him. Yeah. Mavadidi, Dan James, you know, <laughs> his yeah. his partner, his his teammate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and again, when you compare the players and their styles, I know Dan James and Somerville, there'll be differences, obviously. I mean, mm-hmm. Somerville tends to, this year at least, been operating more f- from the left-hand side, hasn't he? Yeah.
2: Um,
1: and James on the right, I think. But mm-hmm. I think that's that's been different from previous years.
2: I think, I think so, yeah. I
1: think they've both operated on on opposite sides in the region. Mm. So, you know, I think they're in that regard, that's why I had them in the sample. I didn't want to just pick out players who were playing down the left. Because I knew that um Somerville didn't always play down the no, left.
0: No, he he can pop up anywhere really, can't he? Um
1: so if you were looking at if you were looking for a Somerville before you had Somerville, you would have missed him last year. Yes if you'd insisted on it being a left hand side player. Yeah. So, you know, I've included both. Um but yeah, we got players like so with some of them we we know better. We've got Reese from Hertha Berlin. We've gone a little bit higher on the age, just so we mm-hmm. could get more players into the yeah. sample really so because we're looking for 250 players so we i judge i adjust the the criteria a bit so we've got enough players in there um but we've got back a yoko bsv would be a lot of money you know i yeah. think would be more yeah. um ferreira gremio in brazil so i'm afraid i don't know much about
2: no
1: rodriguez but Liverpool, but the Uruguayan Liverpool, I think. Yeah. So,
0: again, <laughs> yeah, was, not was, a player I really... I was racking my brain. I was like, oh, Rodriguez, yeah. I don't know a Rodriguez. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, but here we are, Look, again, names, some of which probably... we got Isaiah Jones down at number 16. you didn't
0: see him there. Yeah. Uh, but
1: then Palmer still... at Celtic. Uh-huh. At, at number eleven
0: so yeah interesting names here, aren't there I mean, there's mm. there's certainly names that you'd want to have a look at i mean the the whole list is um the general estimated sort of notional value is much higher isn't it you've yeah one and a half million euros is is the smallest with 15 million being the most
1: the reason um, that, the reason for that is when i set the criteria I figured, well, if they are going to have to replace some of them, they'll have some money to do it. Yes. And they're a bigger, t- you know, they're, yeah. they're a more financially equipped club than Sunderland at the moment. Mm-hmm. So they would spend more. So Absolutely. we've gone a bit further out in our, you know, we've allowed a bit higher definitely um, budget for this particular one just because I think it made more sense, really.
0: Noosa would be really interesting yeah. to me right now. It's like you're looking at an 18-year-old just see what it is about him. Why is yeah. he? Why does he appear so high? So, yeah. absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that that would be really interesting. It's, um, yeah. If he's up there and he's he's, you know, scoring on on a similarity scale but above Mavadidi and Dan James, yeah. who we know can do a very good job in the in the championship at the very least. Yeah, yeah. You'd be, you'd be silly not to, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, you would. I mean, you might be disappointed when they told you how much they want for him. Yeah. But interesting sure. that Bruges have, have come up with two players right at the top. Yeah. Of both lists, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Might have yeah. to send a scout or two to Club Bruges then.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: So that's Somerville. Mm-hmm. Um and then we're going to take Finazaz, who obviously now has signed up for Middlesbrough from mm. well, really from Villa, but via Plymouth. And is another strong performer, um, yeah. with six different disciplines, and again, some sort of similar ones. Speed over pace is a very difficult one, if I'm honest, is how you measure that with on ball data. It's very, very hard. It's in there because he scores high, the best way I could describe it. But the truth is, however, I'm describing it, I'm describing it for everybody every player. Yeah. So, you know, the ones that have also scored high. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, link up play running in behind a lot of similar because you know he's a central midfielder. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a box to box type, really, and Zaz yeah. I think you know covers the, a lot of the pitch. He's um, again from central midfield. So then we've got players. If we look at the first list, we've got um, he's fair old outsider again mm. as ours is, you know, he's not quite as far out as our old friend, Granbeck.
0: Yeah. So Eugenio's, again. Juninho's up, up there and away again. He's his own line. Yeah.
1: <laughs> they're in a different position on this chart mm-hmm. because the the disciplines we've selected were slightly different. Okay. So that's why they're not, I think they were further down in yeah, this. Yeah, they were down in the bottom right. But the only right. but the reason for that is that every you know if you select slightly different disciplines they're not very different but slightly different. it's just the way that the numbers are crunched. So again what we're looking at here just to re- reiterate is this representation is not complete in the sense that if you had all the information on there that that you've got ie a hundred and something metrics, for 25 games for every player it would be complete information but you'd never be able to understand it because you'd have all the different scores for all the 24 and you couldn't do it so what this process does is it says it calculates the most important it builds new um components from the components you give it
2: Mm -hmm. and it
1: says I'll tell you where most of the information resides and I'll describe it to you in two components rather than in six or eight. A bit like the eight twenty 20
0: rule, I suppose, isn't it? Well, it is sort of of a bit like Mm -hmm. that.
1: Yeah. It's saying this is the closest we can get. So sometimes when you do this work, it it will tell you the amount of of data that you've got in the first and second components. So it will say the first component has got, say, 60% of the data in it. The second one's got 26%. So between between the two, you've got 86%. Sometimes it will say the first component's got, you know, 21%, and the second one's got 17%, and the third one's got 9%. So it's not a very good – that wouldn't be a very good uh, exercise to try and produce this kind of chart on because there's not enough information in a small number of components, if that makes sense. yeah. Yeah. So what you want is you want some data that where only a couple of them contain a high. I would say, unless there's kind of 70% really in the first couple of components, it's not really going to be that helpful.
2: Gotcha.
1: Maybe 66.6% or something, you know, might be Approximately. enough. Approximately. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's just a bit of a deviation. But yeah, so we've got players in here. A lot of these players will probably be similar because we're looking at central midfielders again. And although but but because we've got Azaz as our exemplar and we're comparing mm-hmm. them with the, with Azaz, I'm gonna stick my neck out and I'm yep. gonna say that they won't be the same in the same order as they were when we looked at them for Bellingham, even though we're looking at the same position on the on on the pitch. Yeah. So here's where I drew the light. I drew the big circle around Azaz. And as you say, I mean, and they're, again, they're quite spread out, but you'll still yeah. be able to pick the ones that are closest. Mm-hmm. You know, there's only one in the circle that's exactly. Yeah. yeah,
0: there's only one in the circle, whereas Job had quite a few. Yeah. Um, I think Mira is one of the names that I remember seeing. But apart from that, Torp, I think, is, is another one. I but think they're...
1: Esquivel was one.
0: Was it? Okay. I think so. But,
1: but let's have a look at the list. Yeah. Yeah. So the list is Esquivel is the most similar. Mm-hmm. Then we've got bravik Mulder,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Myra, I think was on the list somewhere. He was, yeah. not much
0: further down, though.
1: Yeah. Um, so I don't know. So oh, look, your friends. Talk your friends, there. they're your yeah. friends there, number
0: yeah. six. Jella, Lidenor- Jella Yeah, That's it. You know what? That's going to be a household name soon. Absolutely. I'm going to get we'll a locomotive Tashkent shirt up <laughs> to the, uh, the wall here, I think. <laughs> you <laughs> I'm should. Going to... It's going to cost me yeah, a fortune to get Lidenov on it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's absolutely... Well, you don't even know his Christian name, yeah. No, might, you might have to put it, that yeah. on as well, because there might be two of them. It's
0: going to have to go all the way round. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Claudem at Molda. Sprook uh-huh. at Rijeka, is that? Yeah. Croatia. Mm-hmm. Um, Aiden
2: Hackney. Hackney
1: Middlesbrough. Yeah, Interesting. Middlesbrough. Number 11. Well, it is interesting because we're going to talk a bit in a minute about. Yeah. So, and again, some of these players, as you say, are on the list, but they're not Jack Radoni's on there at number 20. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not, it's like, it's like 60%. So yeah. it's not, you know, it's, it's, there aren't so many that are so similar. No. On this particular list, but, um, you know, there's some. Mm. So that's Finn as. And what I thought we'd do here is we're just looking at another final chart, which is so Finnazaz goes from Plymouth, where he was on loan from Villa to Middlesbrough. Mm-hmm. So you, on the face of it, you say, "Well, Plymouth are in need of a replacement." Similarly, Luke Cundall goes from Plymouth to Stoke. Mm-hmm. And I think he was on loan again at Plymouth from Wolves. Right. So this kind of raises the, obviously the question of, look, it's lovely to have these quality loan players, but what happens if you get halfway through the season? You've given – the paradox is you want them to do well. You don't want to bring a player in on loan and pay his wages and give him a a squad position and him not do well. Mm -hmm. But the better he does, the more likely you're not going to keep him. Yeah. And that's what's happened here. Yeah. Plymouth have, have given these guys, you know, a real shop window, haven't they? And and, and they've taken it.
0: Do you think or, that, I mean, this is all completely ifs, buts and maybes, but do you think perhaps Stephen Schumacher got an idea that maybe these guys were going to get moved on in January and uh, and that may have played into his decision of, of, of moving? Maybe
1: well, I mean I suppose the other the other thing you'd say is well he knew when he went to Stoke who he wanted
0: absolutely
2: yeah and he, he took knew him, who was available. yeah
1: did he know that yeah did he know that that they're going to go I don't know I bet there's some Plymouth fans who'll be able to educate us on that yeah and say yeah this is what happened uh-huh. you know I'd, but it's ever there's every there's every, every possibility in there that he's looked he's thought well it's, on the face of it we're strong but when Azaz and Cundle go.
0: Yeah, it's going to. Take I think it.
1: they've scored something like ten goals between them and got sort of eight assists or something yeah. between them. It's, a, it's so, a big production, isn't it? Yeah, and they've got other good attacking players, but mm-hmm. and and I would say, you know, you'd you'd back Plymouth beyond most clubs to have done the work and thought about you know who they might yeah, want and so sure. on.
0: Maybe they've already got a replacement in the building already.
1: Well, they might. Those. They might. The other player on this chart we've got is Hayden Hackney at Middlesbrough because Mm -hmm. you mentioned this, you know, Azaz comes in. and Have they brought him in because Hackney's been mentioned in the same breath as pretty much all of the top Premier League Mm. clubs, has not he? Yeah.
2: Yeah. You
1: know, Spurs, Man City, Man United, Liverpool, apparently, as far as we know, he's 21. You know, he's a good age. Mm-hmm. Um, so, is it that Middlesbrough are thinking that he could move on? And if he does, we've got another young. Was Hackney? Of, I think Azaz is really? twenty-three. I mean, they're not, they're all young, but
0: yeah, they're all quite similar main um, age.
1: Yeah, and and then when you look at the style, you know, you've got Azaz out on his own a little bit. Mm-hmm. Hackney and Cundle, they're all in this bottom right hand.
0: Yeah, they're not a million miles away from
1: each um, other, are they? No, and.
0: <clears throat> You know, so it's interesting that you've you've got most of the players are at the where the two axes sort of intersect, aren't they? They're sort of in that middle. So, like you said, they're all a similar position, so you expect them all to be pretty similar. And you've Mm. got, you know, most of the players are very much there, but then you start to fan out towards the right-hand side of the chart, and it gets thinner. And yeah. Does that necessarily correspond with these players literally being outstanding, you know, standing out from the crowd? Or does Um, it mean they have a slightly different... It doesn't necessarily correlate with ability. It's just their style of of play that we're looking at.
1: There are ways that I couldn't explain very well Mm -hmm. to somebody who's not looking at the chart.
0: Yeah, no, that's hard. To talk
1: about, you know, there's an orthogonal, is it? relationship if you draw lines in a certain way between the mm-hmm. vectors, you can measure the distance from the sensor and it will give you, you know, how high they score on that particular time. But it gets very complicated. And it and right. it's more complicated than anybody who's driving their car wants to contend with. But <laughs> I would be tempted just to crash it, just to stop listening. <laughs> I think in 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 answer to your question, there's something worth knowing about outliers on these plots. Right, there's definitely something worth knowing about. them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it's it's you can't always make the same case because it depends on the relationship between the variables you're looking at. Mm. So it, it gets a bit difficult, but yeah, there, there's definitely something you would you would start with these with these outliers, I think, and start looking mm. at some of them. And just just out of interest to see, I remember another thing I did years back. and I was trying to stress this out and see whether it really did tell me anything was um, I took a sample of sort of attacking players and the best players and put them all in there. And there was one guy that occupied a position kind of right down in the bottom right-hand corner down here. Mm -hmm. You can probably guess if I gave you one guess who it was. Well, maybe two guesses. Was it Messi? It was Lionel Messi. Really? Right down on the corner. And I thought, well, I don't know what it means, except that I know it means that he's a special place. Yeah.
0: And if anyone ever goes on a chart and is anywhere near him, I want to know who that is. Well, exactly. <laughs> we need to buy him. <laughs> but the
1: thing is, it, it kind of reassures you that it's telling you something worth knowing. Yeah. You know, if yeah. if he'd have been in here, you'd have gone, if he'd have been in the middle amongst, you know, mm-hmm. 50 other players, you'd have yeah. thought, well, I'm not quite sure what that this is telling me anything I really care yeah. about. I think this is similar
0: oh. to what we saw with with the Somerville data there, in in the fact that he is he has been outstanding, and yeah. even when you put his data onto a chart, he stands out from the crowd, doesn't he? Yeah. So um. So yeah, it's 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 in and the same with Finners as as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because I I think he scored seven, and he might have five assists, and He's I've been, wondered been if really he. Really good to watch. I think one plus, one was a penalty. I think. Okay. So, but other than that, you know, he's still, and he's not. two
0: 2 million they sold him for?
1: I think it was undisclosed.
0: Was it? Okay.
1: I think it must, I mean, you'd, you'd have thought it had been, I don't know the answer. If they've got him for exactly anywhere worse, near but, 2
0: million, then they've stolen him, oh, haven't they? Yeah, 23 years old. Yeah, he's very, very good. And he
1: doesn't out. just sort of hang around. The zone fourteen, does he? He's up. No. He's up and he's he's no, he's, all over he's up and down side. the pitch. Yeah. So mm. in the right in the right environment, in the right playing style, you reckon that yeah, he'll be decent. Oh, for um, sure. I mean, obviously Villa have let him go, so they've they've got a view, but a, to see how a, he plays quite a
0: out. Jam in their midfield, isn't it? They've got some, yeah some serious talent in there, haven't they? And yeah. obviously just can't see him breaking through and maybe he can't see himself breaking through either. And well
1: this is the other thing, I suppose, isn't it? Is that it's all very well you saying what a good player these players are, but you can't play more than a couple of central midfielders, can you? No.
0: Well and that's the thing. If if you said to Aston Villa, well who are you gonna you've got two central midfield positions, you've got Finaz, John McGinn and Douglas Louise. Mm. Who do you want to put in there? It's like, well, McGinn and Louise, you know
1: yeah and he just might not have wanted go. to wait
0: around you yeah, know it may yeah, be exactly. that he just
1: thought exactly I don't know what his contract situation was but no you know it maybe just he just maybe they were saying to him look your time will come here but he just didn't want
2: to no. didn't
1: want to wait so yeah no, you can understand that rough. yeah but anyway that's really um again a bit a bit of an insight into how you can sort of break through the Mm. sheer sort of overwhelming size of this potential player universe and start to, you know, use the data a little bit to guide you as to who you might look at and
0: who might be similar to who. I think if you've listened to this on the podcast, I really recommend that you go and watch the YouTube version because – just to have all of these names visually right in front of you. I mean, you you could say because I, I would imagine that Hayden Hackney, because he's an under twenty one international, his profile is going to be a bit higher than than Finna's as, But you could you could make the the argument that maybe they're going to get I don't know ten twelve million for for Hackney perhaps, and they might have. Stolen Finazaz for for two or three million, and they're yeah. thinking actually we've got a better player potentially than than Hackney, but mm. um they're certainly very very similar, aren't they? From what we've seen oh. on on the chart here, so um and it depends
1: what they want them to do, Tom,
0: to, yeah. as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Because you know, like we've said,
1: what what is a better player?
2: Mm. You know,
1: it's this is what we need done, and these are the attributes of these two players, and for one
0: person. Player A is better, and for another person, Player B is better. I think if we if we looked at their game changer score, if I remember rightly, and this this would have been a few weeks ago, so it may well be different. Mm. But I think Finazas was way over a hundred percent, right? And Hayden Hackney was down in the fifties or sixties, perhaps. And right. Of course, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're a better player or not, but it certainly shows that from an attacking point of view, one of them has been more potent than the other. Yeah. Uh, and we could say maybe that's systems, maybe that's styles. Uh, maybe it's a different role that he, uh, that they've uh, occupied. But um, it certainly shows potential that maybe Finnaz isn't just going to come in and be a guy to shore things up. He's going to be someone that's going to link up with you, uh, Isaiah Joneses and, uh, and really sort of uh, push Middlesbrough to the next level, maybe.
1: Yeah. Well, quite possibly, Yeah, I think it's, yeah, to the extent that, you know, these things are getting thought about, and it depends Mm -hmm. on the the club as to how carefully they're thinking about them, I think. But, Mm -hmm. you know, if you are thinking about them carefully, what exactly is it we're looking for to be done? Because it may be you're looking to look, you're thinking you might lose a player, Mm -hmm. but that player might be everything you want except this. Yeah. Yeah. So what you'd be seeking here, our players that are similar, but maybe that also score high on a particular, in a particular discipline that perhaps your player doesn't. So yeah, definitely it can be an opportunity, can't it, to sort of maybe just having a quick look at yeah, Azaz was way his game changer scores like two hundred and twenty three percent. Well, yeah. Um, candle um, at one hundred and forty six. Mm-hmm. Um. This is looking at Hackney. I mean, this is going to depend to a degree. Yeah, I mean, he's in at 85, but it, okay. of course, what you have to remember is that's it at a, at a team that is itself maybe underperforming. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you, you, it is to, to some degree coloured by that. But yeah, yeah um, I think his quality, it's more about what, what quality he's got than it is necessarily what he's done this season.
0: Yeah, for sure. They're
1: seeming to get their act together a bit now, Middlesbrough. I still fancy they'll be strong.
0: Yeah, I but... think them, uh, Coventry, I think we, we yeah. spoke about them, didn't we, when we looked through the, the teams that were maybe not just they, all the build-up, so from attacking support through to chance creation was was looking pretty good. It was just the yeah. last thing wasn't happening. And that was the same sort of thing that was with Middlesbrough when they were bottom of the league, wasn't it? We yeah. we looked and we said, well, attacking support, chance creation is good, but they're just not scoring goals. You know, they're, yeah. they're not putting the ball in the net. And and maybe them and, and Coventry are going to do that and start to move up the league. Because it, it doesn't take many results to do that, does it? No, I mean, the, the team game-changer score for Plymouth is slightly
1: higher than Middlesbrough, even though they're down yeah. several places below them. Yeah. So, yeah, you're, you're in an environment as well, aren't you, that if, it, if that starts to improve, mm. you know, chances are your personal score starts to improve a bit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That would be interesting. That was really, really good, David. I, I really enjoyed that, certainly having it in front of me. and Like I said, mm. I'll, I'll put these these pictures up onto these charts up onto the, uh, the, the notes for the, the episode. Um, but if you want to just uh, watch along with the YouTube one, uh, then we'll, uh, we'll make sure that that's uh, all there for you. So you can just uh, rather than have to fiddle around and switch between them, you can just watch it as it happens. Mm, that'd be brilliant. Yeah. I guess finish off just a little honorable mention. for Mr. Friends, Beck and Yeah. Uh, another legend to, to leave us, unfortunately. Have yeah. you got many memories of, of him, David? Maybe a little bit too mostly, Mostly
1: slightly disappointing in the sense that that we were disappointed on yeah. the back of his performances. You know, uh-huh. he, they just they were such a strong team, the Germans, yeah. weren't they? Mm-hmm. When he was at the helm. Um both as a player and a manager. Mm-hmm. So when we came up against him, he sort of he kind of broke your heart a bit, didn't he? Yeah, but he was hell of a player. A
0: bit, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, that goal he scored in the 1970, uh, was it the quarterfinal, was it? When we were 2-0 yeah, up been, and we lost. That's they right.
2: They took
1: Bobby Charlton off. That's
0: right. They made a the, couple of changes, didn't they,
1: or something? Well, we were 2-0 up yeah. and they took Bobby Charlton. Ramsey took um, Bobby Charlton off and that's Beckham right. Bayer said, we couldn't believe our luck yeah. when he took him off because he was they thought he was the best player in the world. Mm-hmm. or one of the best players, mid, midfield players.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and he was, you know, very much up against Beckenbauer. And mm-hmm. Beckenbauer said we couldn't believe that. We were so pleased when he went off. Mm-hmm. And after that, obviously, you know, if you know your history, we learned, went on and lost 3-2. And, it, and he scored, Beckenbauer scored the first.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And if you watch it, for a central mid, uh, central defender, really, it was just, you know, it's a little drop of the shoulder and... Mm-hmm. It was you don't see that very much no. from a player in
0: that position. I can't think of many centre backs from that era who had the ball playing ability that that he did. It, it no. was very much more a um, centre back was pretty much like a licensed licensed license yeah. assassin, really, would not they? In a lot of cases, yeah, yeah. But he he was something else. I mean, he was he was like a number ten playing at the back, wasn't he?
1: Well, I think you're right, and I th- I think that probably led to you know. Probably coaches thinking, well, we can get a bit more out of a defend central defender yeah. than we thought because of what he can do. Stepping into midfield, mm-hmm. you know, passing and and, it, and like scoring a goal like that. Um, and it wasn't that because I think he'd scored, and I didn't watch this one, but he'd scored in the previous World Cup in the '66 World Cup, mm-hmm. a one-two. Get get it on YouTube if you're listening to this. Yeah, you know, get it on YouTube. He scored a he got a one-two on the edge of the box. I'm not sure it was against um and like just a cracking finish you know and I don't think of him as a, as a central midfielder really no. You might say he was but I think he was a defender really
0: yeah um yeah, I, but... I think he I think he was and it's interesting because and again this is only from my my memory I I think of uh know friends beckham barrers being you know, just an, an outstanding ball player who who was a centre back, like a, a libero kind of sweeper sort of sort of player. Yeah. And then I think of uh, Matthias Sammer, who played for for Germany. And then you had uh, Hulit went to Chelsea and played as a sweeper. I think just after Glenn Hodler played there. I've just got these these fantastic ball players. Yeah, settling into those positions almost like a quarterback sort of role, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Seeing, it was. seeing everything that's going on and, and marshalling yeah. everyone around and, and stepping in where there's opportunities to you know at, overload in a certain position. Yeah, um, you know to to make an attack, but uh, yeah, it's no, it was a special a player. player,
1: one of those players that you know you'd would be, a, it would be um, a marker
0: on a kind of chronological
1: development of the game, wouldn't
0: he? Absolutely. Yeah, I think mm. I think you're right there. I think it was like I said just purely from my own memory someone else could probably set me straight. The first center back who really could play. Yeah, really could that play. I
1: can remember.
0: Well, there we go. I think that's episode 20 done and dusted. But yeah, thanks a lot for is. that David. Appreciate that. And oh. we hope to catch you next week for another episode of Attack in the Championship. See you soon. Bye bye.